Welcome to the Folktale Project. This is Dan Scholes. And we're back. It's been seven years, and this is the first week that I've missed stories for you. And I'm so happy to be back, and in time, to finish the story of A Voyage to Lilliput. Our hero has gone to Blefuscu and is waiting a way to get home. We'll see if he does and what happens thereafter today in Chapter 5 of A Voyage to Lilliput. Three days after my arrival, walking out of curiosity to the northeast coast of the island, I observed at some distance in the sea something that looked like a boat overturned. I pulled off my shoes and stockings, and wading two or three hundred yards, I plainly saw it to be a real boat, which I supposed might by some tempest have been driven from a ship. I returned immediately to the city for help, and after a huge amount of labor, I managed to get my boat to the royal port of Bethusku, where a great crowd of people appeared, full of wonder at the sight of so prodigious a vessel. I told the emperor that my good fortune had thrown this boat in my way to carry me to some place whence I might return to my native country, and begged his orders for materials to fit it up and leave to depart, which, after many kindly speeches, he was pleased to grant. Meanwhile, The Emperor of Lilliput, uneasy at my long absence but never imagining that I had the least notice of his designs, sent a person of rank to inform the Emperor of Blefuscu of my disgrace. This messenger had orders to represent the great mercy of his master, who was content to punish me with the loss of my eyes, and who expected that his brother of Blefuscu would have me sent back to Lilliput, bound hand and foot, to be punished as a traitor. The Emperor of Blefuscu answered with many civil excuses. He said that, as for sending me bound, his brother knew it was impossible. Moreover, though I had taken away his fleet, he was grateful to me for many good offices I had done him in making the peace, but that both their majesties would soon be made easy, for I had found a prodigious vessel on the shore able to carry me on the sea, which he had given orders to fit up, and he hoped in a few weeks both empires would be free of me. With this answer, the messenger returned to Lilliput, and I, though the monarch of Blefuscu secretly offered me his gracious protection if I would continue in his service, hastened my departure, resolving never more to put confidence in princes. In about a month, I was ready to take leave. The emperor of Blefuscu, with the empress and the royal family, came out of the palace, and I lay down on my face to kiss their hands which they graciously gave me. His Majesty presented me with fifty purses of sprugs, their greatest gold coin, and his picture at full length, which I put immediately into one of my gloves to keep it from being hurt. Many other ceremonies took place at my departure. I stored the boat with meat and drink, and took six cows and two bulls alive, with as many ewes and rams, intending to carry them into my own country and to feed them on board. I had a good bundle of hay and a bag of corn. I would gladly have taken a dozen of the natives, But this was a thing the emperor would by no means permit, and besides, a diligent search into my pockets, his majesty pledged my honor not to carry away any of his subjects, though with their own consent and desire. Having thus prepared all things as well as I was able, I set sail. When I had made twenty-four leagues by my reckoning from the island of Lefuscu, I saw a sail steering to the northeast. 
I hailed her, but could get no answer. Yet I found I gained upon her, for the wind slackened, and in half an hour she spied me and discharged a gun. I came up with her between five and six in the evening, September the 26th, 1701. But my heart leaped within me to see her English colors. I put my cows and sheep into my coat pockets and got on board with all my little cargo. The captain received me with kindness and asked me to tell him what place I came from last. But at my answer, he thought I was raving. However, I took my black cattle and sheep out of my pocket, which after great astonishment clearly convinced him. We arrived in England on the 13th of April, 1702. I stayed two months with my wife and family, but my desire to see foreign countries would suffer me to remain no longer. However, while in England, I made great profit by showing my cattle to persons of quality and others, and before I began my second voyage, I sold them for six hundred pounds. I left fifteen hundred pounds with my wife and fixed her in a good house. Then, taking leave of her and my boy and girl with tears on both sides, I sailed on board the adventure. And that is the end of A Voyage to Lilliput. And for those that have joined us late, I'm sorry that there is a huge delay between the fourth and fifth chapters in the story, but it is the tale by Jonathan Swift of Gulliver and his travels. At least, the first part. This is Dan Scholes for the Folktale Project. Don't forget that you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Overcast, anywhere you like to get your podcasts. You can follow us on Instagram and threads at Folktale Project. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can head over to patreon.com slash folktaleproject. And I always appreciate it if you like and share the stories. As always, thank you so much for listening.